0: but Jesus tells her the hour is fast coming when the place of worship will be inconsequential because God is spirit, and any place can become a holy place, a thin place, even this place.
1: And that's our hope for this podcast, that as we engage with Dr. Taylor's work, this place might become a thin place. Welcome to a thin place podcast with Dr. Larry Taylor. Happy holidays to you and your family. My name is Mike Young. I hope you were able to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. With this episode of our podcast, we're going to be beginning our Advent season, and I'm very much looking forward to the next four weeks of this series by Dr. Larry Taylor. I truly love the holiday season. I mean, everything about it, really. I mean, I love decorating the tree. I love the food and the candy. I love the parties. Uh, I even love shopping. I love the exchange of gifts. Especially, I love the opportunity to be home with my family. But this year, everything seems to be up in the air due to the pandemic. I mean, nothing seems, well, normal. It made this first sermon for this first weekend of Advent that much more meaningful for me. I'll not be spoiling anything to talk about something Larry says in the very opening. In fact, I wanted you to be listening for it. He says this He says that Advent is for pilgrims and sojourners, it holds little attraction for those who are sedentary in their faith, content with where they already dwell. Advent summons us to take a journey that will eventually take us home. Now, I'll confess that I've been in a bit of a self-imposed exile of late when it comes to faith. I've actually enjoyed it. I've sat rather smugly outside of any church walls and have been doing my thing. Listening to these opening words from Larry, however, I felt as though, even though it was preached 17 years ago, it was piercing directly into my situation, where I found myself. Sedentary was a really good word for me to hear. That seems to be where I find myself this holiday season. And home, that sounds like a journey that I'd like to take. So I'm looking forward to taking it with all of you here on our podcast i'll not say anything more let's get started here's dr larry taylor home for christmas
0: today marks the beginning of our long advent journey advent is for pilgrims and sojourners It holds very little attraction for those who are sedentary in their faith, content with where they already dwell. Advent is a summons to undertake a journey, a journey that will eventually lead us home. In June of 1940, General Erwin Rommel, the desert fox, blitzed through Normandy in the Battle of France. He swept away every pocket of resistance in his path, including the Highland Division of the British Army. Among the prisoners taken was a young Scottish soldier named David Reed. He spent the rest of the war in a German POW camp in Bavaria. At that time, of course, no one knew that the war would drag on for years. Reed recalls that after he and his division were captured, a slogan developed among the captives in order to keep their spirits up. Home by Christmas. It passed from soldier to soldier through the camp that year as a hope, a dream, a wish, flung in the face of brutal conditions. But Christmas came and the reality of the prison camp was stark and unrelieved. Reed recalls Christmas Eve that year, standing in the snow behind barbed wire and hearing the voices of a German girl's choir from the village church drifting across the frozen landscape, singing Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, It was Christmas, and they were not yet home. Reed says, Christmas came that year and went, as did Christmas of 1941, 1942, 1943, 1944. And even though by now there was news of allied victories, no one in the camp, any longer spoke of being home by Christmas. The dream had faded. Exile had replaced home. To finally arrive at home for Christmas is a worthy goal for our Advent journey this year. The first Christmas recalls the journey to Bethlehem made by a holy couple, a few ragged shepherds, and some wise men from the East. Christmas has always come at the end of a journey. Captives and exiles understand it best. There is, of course, no place like home for the holidays, and getting there is every heart's dream. But a word of caution is in order if we intend to undertake the journey home. Home is a long, way off. It will take all the hope and all the persistence we can possibly muster to be home by Christmas. Because the truth about us all is that now we are wanderers and exiles. We are captives in a dark and foreign land. And unless and until we can see that this is so, the long trip home will not beckon us Christmas will find us still in the far country because to use the poetry of homecoming without the prior metaphor of exile is to offer cheap grace. There are certain stories in scripture that are so persistent they can be called megastories. They're foundational for the whole biblical epic. One such story is the story of exile. Exile is the story of Adam and Eve and their tragic son Cain, who killed his own brother. Turned out of their garden home, they became wanderers and exiles living east of Eden. East of Eden is where we all live until we decide to go home. John Steinbeck gave the title, East of Eden, to one of his greatest novels. It's a story about a father and two sons. It gathers up both the Genesis story of Eden and Jesus' parable of a father who also had two sons, both of them prodigal in their own way. In Steinbeck's story, one of the sons simply cannot please his father, no matter what he does. But at the end, the son and the father find each other and their reconciliation is beautiful. And we get the impression that somehow this Eden story is really about us. It's our story because we too know what it is to live in estrangement and separation from our father. We too have experienced what it is to be wanderers and exiles. We, too, know about life in the far country, east of Eden, and we also know what it is to be a long way from the home that we don't remember and somehow cannot forget. Exile is the story of all people who leave home and perhaps eventually return home. It's one of the Bible's mega stories because it reoccurs in endless variety and finds its way into the weave of all faith. Exile is the story of Abraham, whom God walks out under the stars one night for a lesson in astronomy and arithmetic and tells him to count the stars above him. And when the heavens overwhelm him, the lesson plan changes. And Abraham is told that he will number his descendants in similar figures. But first, he must leave home. He must wander to a land that God will show him. And to the extent that you and I are descendants of Abraham, his exile becomes our exile. And we wander with him to a land as yet unnamed. And exile is also the story of Jacob, tricky Jacob, too clever for his own good. He has to leave home because like Cain, he's injured his brother. Exiles are made when brothers offend brothers and fathers are deceived by sons and prodigals seek the far country. But in the Old Testament, exile is preeminently the story of one nation, captured, led off in chains to a distant land. The exile of Israel to Babylon in the year 586 B.C. was the most important event in the long history of God's people. It made an apparent end to what had begun with Abraham it brought to a resounding halt the presence of the Hebrews in the land of promise. Gone was worship in Solomon's temple and gone with it the Hebrews' faith in the God who had promised to never let David's throne sit vacant. The exile was the end of the world for the Hebrew people. And yet more than any other event, it prompted the writing and the collection of what became the Old Testament. And miraculously, the exile also became the defining event of Scripture for all generations of God's people because it's out of the ashes of exile that God raised a trio of prophets. Their names were Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And Isaiah, these prophets nurtured the dream of return, return to Jerusalem, return home, return to God. Exile and return became the twin poles between which faith always makes its journey. And exile is the story of the Son of Man, who had nowhere to lay his head. He came unto his own, sweet little Jesus boy, and we didn't know who you was. He came home and had to report that a prophet has no honor at home. We hear the old story of Eden in his parable of a father whose younger son yearns to wander to the far country and whose elder son seethes with resentment exiled to the back 40 where he plows the soil of home under the loathing of familiarity. And when Jesus says he has come to seek, And to save the lost, to give his life as a ransom for many, it's the old language of exile that we hear. It's the 2,000-year-old story of Cain and Abel and their parents, of Abraham and Jacob, and of Israel, captive in far-off Babylon. And we're hearing the old story of exile from home, when the writer of the book of Hebrews says, These all died in faith, not having received what was promised, but having seen it, and greeted it from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles upon the earth. No wonder we say that exile is one of the Bible's mega stories. The the language of exile suffuses the whole book. It includes words like captivity, and wandering, and separation, and homeless, and pilgrims, and ransom, and strangers, and aliens, and the far country. And thank God the language of exile also includes words like hope and return and repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation. Exile is the language of homecoming. Exile began in human experience when men and women were banished from home or led away to wander in foreign places. Then it became a national event the defining event for the Hebrew people. But at last, exile got transformed into a figure of speech which describes every one of us because life itself is exilic. Advent always finds us betwixt and between a long, long way from home. And exile is also the American story. Americans understand it because we are a nation of immigrants and displaced peoples. We are Irish and Swedish and German and African. We are French and Scottish and Japanese and Indian and Native American. We are Cambodian and Vietnamese and Mexican and Italian. We are a nation of exiles. Our national experience is marked by thrilling historical journeys in search of a better homeland. The great journeys of America have been mostly east-to-west affairs. The Oregon Trail The Mormons trekked to Utah through the deep snows of winter. The trail of tears that brought Native Americans to Oklahoma. The long grapes of wrath journey of the Okies and Arkies to California. We have been a nation of exiles. But there was one American journey toward hope and home that moved from south to north the Underground Railroad. And there was this one scene from an American novel that we suspect really is immortal because it's about old Jim and young Huck on a raft floating down the Mississippi, this time north to south, a moving, gliding platform of freedom into a wilderness of hate. And sometimes we've all felt like a motherless child a long, long way from home. Exile is feeling shut off from the presence of God, living far away, east of Eden. It is powerlessness and marginality and oppression. We experience exile in many ways. It comes as estrangement, our flatlessness, our tastelessness, our loss of connection. We may yearn for something we only vaguely remember something lost long ago. We long to go home again. We yearn for the warm embrace of our father. Exile has become the metaphor of our souls. We begin Advent each year singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. We sing, My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea. Exile is the universal condition of the human spirit. Our personal exile may take the form of drifting, Drifting in our relationship to God, our relationship to our family, and to our work. We go through all the motions, but nothing really satisfies us. We're like the little man in one of William Blake's woodcuts who looks toward the sky and says, I want! I want! And we know all too well what Ed Howe means when he says, That one of life's worst feelings is the homesickness that comes over you sometimes when you're at home. And we are absent to God, absent to our family, absent to ourselves. We aren't there, we're not at home, and consequently we are forever disappointed. John Bradshaw, who understands us so well, says there's a hole in our soul. There's a longing inside of us that even the realization of our best earthly goals and dreams never entirely satisfies. Even when we arrive where we have longed to be, he says, we always experience a slight disappointment even after Dante, Shakespeare, and Mozart, we still ask, is that all? And Bradshaw says this sense of disappointment, rises in us because we have another home where we truly belong. We came forth out of the depths of being, and being calls us back. We came from God, and we belong to God, and God alone is our home. And no matter how good it ever gets here, we're still not home. We're still in exile. When exile is the human problem, there's only one thing that helps. We have to return. We have to leave the far country and journey home. We have to cease being wanderers. Richard John Newhouse writes, it's time toward home, if only we could remember where home is. If we take seriously both the faith of this book and the vision of America, we'll know that we've never yet been home. Because home is still out there. It's out there in what we've dreamed it is out there in what we have promised it is out there in the hope we've held forth to nations and to our own people it's still ahead of us Fred Beatner, in his book The Longing for Home writes about the home we all knew and the home we all dream and he says the home we knew foreshadows the home we dream and the home we dream hallows and fulfills what was most precious in the home we knew. Christmas, more than any other season, has a way of reminding us that we have wandered far away from God. Christmas calls us home. Many an American soldier heard that call experienced that longing for home pinned down in the snowy forests of Europe those bitter winters of 1943 and 44 and out of that wartime period came the song I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dream It's the dream of going home for Christmas and leaving our exile behind that guides our Advent journey this year. New Testament scholar Marcus Borg says, Christmas is about the end of exile and coming home, not to the home of our childhood, which is gone forever, but coming to be at home with God. Alan Jones is the marvelous Episcopal Dean of Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. He reports that a middle-aged friend of his was recently driving down the highway and found himself spontaneously saying to himself over and over again, I want to go home. I want to go home. It's a universal experience. We're lost in the far country east of Eden We need to go home. We are somewhere between the home we left behind and the home we dream. We are homeless wanderers, and God wants us to come home again. He wants to turn our wandering into pilgrimage this Advent. God says, Come home, come home, all ye who are weary, come home. Come home to yourself. Come home to your family. Come home to the future. Come home to God. Do you remember? It's been more than 20 years since all of us embraced the popular movie E.T. As usual, the most profound movies are about children. Who could ever forget the little green extraterrestrial pointing his long, slender finger to the sky and saying in a voice full of yearning, Aum. In the winter of 1953, when George Buttrick was still pastor in New York, he reported to his church one Sunday during Advent a conversation that he would heard just the week before on the front steps of the church. As Buttrick was leaving the church to go home that morning, he happened to hear someone asking someone else, are you going home for Christmas? it's the right question for this season what about it will you be joining us for the advent journey will you be going home this christmas it's a time toward home if only if only we can remember where home is Shall we pray? We confess, Lord, on this first Sunday of Advent that we are sedentary enough in our faith, all right that we are prone not so much to wander as just to settle, to camp, to stay put, not to pack up our tents, not to gather our belongings, not to set out on the journey again. But in our best moments, the moments of this season, our Advent moments, we recognize that we cannot stay put, that there is a journey to be made, that we are called to join with others in the journey, that we will not be alone, we will not be hopeless, we will not be without direction. We pray that this season will speak to us in those ways that lance our fears, Renew our courage and cause us to say, I must go home. I must go home. I must find this place. I must return. It's a time toward home. Let it be so for us. Amen.
1: Sedentary faith, prone not so much to wander as to settle. That was a confession that I needed someone else to utter out loud because I wasn't ready or willing to even see it. Settling doesn't seem to be adequate, does it? I'll not say anything more. I'll leave this one to you. I'll simply say that this was exactly what I needed to begin this journey of Advent. It's a time toward home, and let it be so for all of us. I hope you've enjoyed this first weekend of Advent edition of our podcast. Next week, we can anticipate a moving sermon entitled Cradle Songs. We're anticipating our first grandchild here in the young household, and it made this that much more moving for this old man. If you have any suggestions or comments, ideas, please send them to thinplacepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have a note or some words you'd like to pass on to Larry and Linda Taylor, send them to that email address and I'll make sure they get them. Again, thinplacepodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast is available to stream on all the major platforms. Please rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. It really does make a difference. Make sure you share it on your social media platforms as well. This is such a moving series for this particular holiday season. For 2020, spread the word. Maybe create a circle to talk about these as we move through Advent. Special thanks, as always, to Larry and Linda Taylor. We're so appreciative of them making this available for us. We'll be with you next week with Cradle Songs, here on A Thin Place with Dr. Larry Taylor. And until next time, happy holidays, grace, and peace.